Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Nuga, Zina, Zeber, Zam. Now the chosen time has come. Exchange this world for... Like us! I... It's that stupid frog. Kissed any princesses lately? I rather enjoy my form, and I owe it all to you. And I have something for you. Ah, the Masamune. I bet you're just dying to use it. The black wind begins to blow. Okay, give me your best shot. If you're prepared for the void! Class is in session, and this week I'm joined by guest professor and expert on time travel, Mr. Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, who is producer and co-host of the Reignite podcast, Fun and Games podcast, the Screen Snark podcast, creator of Crash Chords Autographs podcast, and the producer over at Creative Quarantine. How's it going, Matt? Good. Uh, that was a long intro for you to read, and I, I apologize. I oh, do too fine. much. Ah, it's fine. Uh, I had <laughs> Kyle Stevenson on recently, and he has an equally long, crazy uh, list of accolades. So I'm used to it now. I'm used to it. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad to keep you on your toes. I mean, that's really what I'm here to do, Scott, is just to keep you going. That's that's my goal. <laughs> Uh, but yes, this week we are here to talk all about Chrono Trigger, one of the Square trifecta from the Super Nintendo, originally released back in 1995 on the Super Nintendo and Super Famicom. It was released in Japan on March 11th of 1995 and North America in August 11th of 1995. It's received a bunch of ports since then, including on the PlayStation that released back in 19- November 2nd, 1999 in Japan, North America, June 29th of 2001 in that uh, bundle collection. I think it was Final Fantasy Anthologies. It was either Anthologies or Chronicles. One of them <laughs> I think it was, Chronicles. was remakes. Yeah, because there was one that yeah. was bundled with six, and then I think the other one was two and three or three and four i can't two and five oh two and five that's right um it also got a fantastic port on the nintendo ds which is my personal favorite uh that released in japan on november 20th of 2008 north america on november 25th 2008 australia and europe got it for the first time in february of 2009 uh, it was also released in on the iOS platform in December 8th, 2011, and on Android, December 22nd in Japan, 2011, and the rest of the world on October 29th, 2012. And it has also been released on Microsoft Windows, like on the Steam platform, February 27th, 2018. It is, this game has seen some mileage. It's on some yeah, things. Yeah, lots of ports. <laughs> it is on some things. Uh, but <coughs> for the sake of other notable releases, we're going to keep it with the OG, the OG year of 1995, which saw some fantastic other games, which include Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, the original Command and Conquer, Mortal Kombat 3, Tekken 2 came out, probably in Japan, but that was out at the same time, Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness, Trials of Mana, or that we knew at the time, Seiken Densetsu 3, and <coughs> excuse me, and Earthworm Jim 2. Crazy games. So did you play any of these other games, Matt? Yeah, uh, I well, so uh, the funny thing about uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 is I always thought it was Diddy Kong's quest. I always yeah. thought the S 
was in the other, which a lot of people done. It wasn't until I was an absolute adult that I realized, oh, it's Diddy's Conquest. I get it, like Conquest, the yeah. word. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely had that and played that. Mortal Kombat 3 for sure. Um, and definitely Earthworm Jim 2. Um, Command & Conquer I w- also was the first RTS I ever got into. Um, although I think the first one I actually played was Red Alert. Either Red Alert mm-hmm. or Tiberian Sun. Nice. I didn't start with the original, um, although I did eventually go back to it. Very cool. Good games. Good games. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pedigree for that year. Continues to prove that 90, 1995 is one of the best years of everything ever. True. I, uh, I'll, I'll get behind <laughs> that. I'll get behind that. You have some good proof. You have some good uh, evidence of this. Yeah. <laughs> but this time, we are here to talk all about Chrono Trigger, the time-traveling RPG that so many people, I would I would actually argue more people wanted a remake of this than Final Fantasy VII, but, uh, or just another Chrono game. But Matt, tell me about your experience with this game. When did you first hop into the time machine and play Chrono Trigger? So uh, my earliest memory of Chrono Trigger is actually due to a friend of mine, my friend Roy. Um, when I was... Roy's our boy. Been, Roy's our boy. Uh, Must have been high school. Uh, I was hanging out with him at his grandmother's house, and uh, we were chatting, and he was asking what RPGs I liked. And I was like, "Uh, what's an RPG? And he, like, lost his mind. Like, he was just destroyed. And he's like, you have to play this game right now. It's called Chrono Trigger, and it's the best RPG ever here. Play it. And so I sat there for, like, four hours just playing the game while he watched and instantly fell in love with it. Um, Immediately... uh, ran back to my parents like i needed <laughs> i need a super nintendo i need one i never had one i only had a genesis i need one and i need this game and uh so i got one for that game and for super mario rpg which came out uh, a little while after that um but chrono trigger since that day was became quickly one of my favorite rpgs of all time and grew to become my favorite game of all time mm-hmm. um i've probably played through it on a safe bet at least 20 times it's probably more um, I think I've gotten at least every ending, especially after the PlayStation slash DS version came out where they you could actually track in the gallery mm-hmm. which endings you had. Um, yeah, and of course, one of the things that led my friend Roy to introduce it to me is we became friends over Dragon Ball Z. And of course, nice. famously, all the animation for this and artwork was done by Akira Toriyama, the creator of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball. So... Uh, the the ties to the love of this game are tied to also pretty tightly to my love of Dragon Ball Z, unironically. Very cool. Very cool. For me, it was... I remember vividly, when I was younger, I wasn't very good at reading. So I shied away from RPGs for a long... for a, a while. But my brother, my older brother, would play them. And we had this one kind of out-of-the-way video store near us. It was... It had some really rare games. Their prices were a bit higher, so it was a rare occasion that we got to rent from here, and they had Chrono Trigger. And my brother would always rent Chrono Trigger whenever we got a chance to go there, and I always got to and I always rented Mega Man X3 because it was the only place around that had X3 that you could rent. So, uh, that was my first exposure to Chrono Trigger was through renting from this place. Um but yeah. That, and then I would go on, of course, to... I, I currently own a loose copy of Chrono Trigger uh, that I picked oh, for up. for the Super Nintendo. For the Super Nintendo. I picked that up a few wow. years ago. But, nice. Um, yeah, the renting and everything was all for Super Nintendo. But I would yeah, go on current. to buy the PlayStation version, the DS version. Uh, so... Yeah, I definitely have multiple copies, too. I know I have the DS version, which I was actually playing earlier today, um, just to make sure my 3DS mm-hmm. still worked. Fun story, I haven't touched my 3DS since before the Switch came out. Still had half its battery life. So, you know. Damn. Technology. Yeah, Nintendo I know. Building, yeah. building things that stand the test of time, that's for sure. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But I still have my PlayStation version as well. Um, and I don't have a Super Nintendo version. I don't even have my Super Nintendo anymore. Um, but I do have the PC version, the... I think it's, oh no, I have the iOS version. I don't have the Windows version. Uh, and the iOS version, of course, is the first of the many ports to have the pixel smoothing, which I hate. Ugh. It needs to die in a fire. Yes. Um, all of, like, I played Final Fantasy VI for the first time a year ago, and unfortunately, I played the pixel smoothing version. Ew. And my friends are like, why? Why even play it then? <laughs> oh, that, they're just color yeah. blobs. I hate it. 
I it's hate the worst. It. It's, it. The the default setting for Me- the Mega Man uh, mm-hmm. Zero ZX Legacy Collection is also pixel smoothing. And I, luckily, you can turn it off though. But like, I don't understand why people think that looks better. The sprites sprites look good. Yeah, sprites are good. Well, for the sprites are good. Yeah, for the PC releases or for the iOS releases of these, like they redid the models and they just look like blobs of color. I they're horrible. Yeah, but strangely, I I wish. And this is kind of a side tangent, especially dealing with um, the Final Fantasy games. But they had such gorgeous sprite work in the PSP remakes of Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 4. Mm-hmm. And then on the iOS builds, they were garbage. And I never understood why they couldn't, if they were going to remake the sprites, remake them in that high quality like they did on the PSP. I don't get it, but they could have done the same thing with Chrono Trigger, and I'm still salty about it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, on the phone, all you had to do was port the game a long ways. Mm -hmm. uh, Take the DS version, unless it's exclusive. I mean, it might have been. But, like, if you could partner with Nintendo to get that build and just put it on the phone long ways with the touchscreen to pick your moves, like, it would work perfectly. You don't need the whole phone to see that game. Like, it would look beautiful just like that. It baffles me when they don't when they make decisions like that to to change the original artwork without improving it, just mm-hmm. kind of smearing it. Yeah, it's a strange, strange. Uh... Square makes some strange decisions when it comes to like their mobile ports and their presentations, and thus the presentations on the Steam releases as well. That's, the PC releases. That's that's true. Yeah, I mean, hell, we haven't seen any of the major Final Fantasies from Super Nintendo or Nintendo or Chrono Trigger or Super Mario RPG on the Switch yet, and all of those feel like a no-brainer, and yet they're mysteriously missing. Yeah. But Nintendo kind of doesn't like retro games on their systems for some reason. They like to put the really (laughs) random games yeah, and then just not touch it. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's, It's odd, but... So... With you having played through this game so many times, uh, what, <coughs> excuse me, what is your like go-to party, and like to you, what's your canonical ending? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, well, my my go-to party is usually Chrono, Frog, and Magus. Um, Magus is my favorite. Magus is a character who's pretty much Piccolo with blue hair and blue skin. So that's why I like him. Um, But honestly, I love his his story and his arc. And also same with Frog. Um, And Chrono, I mean, he's OG. He's the original. Even though you don't need him in your party, I like to to keep him. Um, I'd say my my party, my um, rather canonical ending is probably... um, because I just love it is the everything's okay and Chrono's mom goes back in time ending um, because it's just hilarious and I really wish <laughs> the sequel had picked up from there uh, chasing their cat uh, at the end yes. and going through the portal like I just I love that ending because it's kind of like a wink and a nod kind of sitcom ending and you know uh, my, my second favorite canonical ending is if you do kill Magus that um Frog becomes Glenn again with mm-hmm. his long, luscious green hair. Although in the animated cutscene, they give him short green spiky hair, which bums me out because I liked his long, luscious locks in the sprite work. Um, but uh, but yeah, those those are definitely my top two endings. <coughs> yeah, the the one where Glenn turns back to normal is probably mine. But I love the the following the cat one. That's yeah, that's just so good. Um, yeah, there's, there's just so many good ones. I'm reading up on the endings again and it's, it's a, it's just such a fun game. And this for those that hadn't played like this game, (coughs) it was like a mix of secret of mana presentation with final fantasies combat. Yeah. I remember finally when I finally played Final Fantasy VI last year, I went, oh, it's like Chrono Trigger, even though I think time-wise it's the other way around, right? Chrono Trigger came after six. I <laughs> I think so. I think so. And so, like, but for me, because yes, I've always like played Chrono year. Trigger. Yeah. But so, like, the assets are similar. I mean, hell, in, in Chrono Trigger, <laughs> Chrono Trigger, when you 
want to bring you know spoiler alert i guess for a very old game uh chrono dies at some point when you go to get the body double to save go back in yeah. time and save his life the time egg the lap you need the, the time, time egg. egg the uh the jester in the fun house uses kefka's laugh it's the same laugh um and i never knew that of course until i went back and played um final fantasy 6 and i was like mm-hmm. oh cool that's what that soundbite is from um but yeah, it was what really fascinated me to this game is the large party and the 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 brilliant music and the multiple endings. The fact mm-hmm. that there were branching paths and that and new game plus. The thing I love about this game that not enough games have is new game plus. Really every single RPG that comes out should have a new game plus option because I think it just yeah. the ability to go back through a game with everything you had before and really push the limits like you know, some modern games will do it and like up the difficulty on the second mm-hmm. playthrough, which also kind of makes sense. But like, not enough modern RPGs have New Game Plus, and I think it's only a good thing. Like, there's there's no bad thing about that because you get to really test the limits of your playstyle, of the spells and abilities. You get secret things that you couldn't find before mm-hmm. that were harder to get to. Take on hidden bosses, like all of that stuff. I just like to be a god, you know, like <laughs> just be crazy overpowered have like the legendary weapons in the sewer at the beginning where all the rats are i love that aspect and like you said i love being able to play it on higher difficulties or do post-game content and the rpg series that really sold the the idea of new game plus to me was the tail series who which sure you get the gray throughout while you play and then you can buy additional bonuses for your future playthroughs and um, I think every game should have New Game Plus, just flat out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a great feature because it allows you to experience things in a different way. Yeah. You know, I mean, Resident Evil even has that kind of a thing where, like, you unlock unlimited, like, it's not necessarily New Game Plus, but you unlock, like, a rocket launcher with unlimited ammo or mm-hmm. a Tommy gun with unlimited ammo, which is essentially a New Game Plus feature because it's giving you a kind of cheat within the game to allow you to do things you couldn't do before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for me, what stands out is the multiple timelines or not timelines, mm-hmm. but the points in time, especially the, the far future, uh, where you meet Robo who loves Rick Astley. <laughs> he uh, does. He does love Rick Astley. And the, the fact that you can face the final boss at multiple times, I think that's such a cool idea and it's handled so well and it's a good way to kind of test your skill i think for sure i'll never forget the t- first time i did new game plus and the the earliest time you can fight lavos the final boss of the game is in the in the millennium F- fair when mm. you go to test out luca's machine and i remember walking into it doing the test and then seeing that and going or not even starting the test, just seeing it and going, oh, what's this? And with Marley, just mm. getting teleported there and going, oh, oh shit, what did I, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a giant and like the first, <laughs> And then the first time you beat it that way, you get one of my favorite end, end, like non-canonical endings, which is just the staff-like retrospective, where you can walk through the game and talk to mm-hmm. spite, sprites that are based on the staff members and like get quotes from them and... like experiences and behind the scenes stuff like that's really neat and not a lot of games had stuff like that back mm-hmm. then well this was still very much in the point ti- uh, point of time i want to say where game develop like people that worked on games all use kind of nicknames or they didn't yeah. put their full names so being able to having that ability to like kind of interact with the developers was a super super cool touch yeah um but with the timelines, it was a really nice departure from a studio that was so heavily kind of geared towards high fantasy. And I guess you mm-hmm. could argue at that point, Final Fantasy VI had been out a year, which had some like that Magitech kind of yeah. fantasy mixed with technology. Where here in the far future, you had just all technology. Like it's just dilapidated it's i mean it's post-apocalyptic so you have the the concrete buildings you have the roads you have all those things but you also still have 
kind of more in the modern times that high fantasy environment you have your castles you have your small little hamlets um i just love the mix of that because it was relatively different from what we had experienced previously with square yeah and it's, well and even know. on the fr- even on the opposite side like the prehistoric stuff mm-hmm. had this weird mix of technology because like the the lizard boss that you fight whose name has fallen out of my head um tyranno he, dark uh, tyran no that's his dark that's his pet that's his pet um but the like he's using a magic wand to like control people and like control the dinosaurs and stuff and like it's just the, the way it makes this stuff or even like in the far future when you you race a transforming robot motorcycle yeah named johnny who like that race is like also that race is like it gives me f-zero flashbacks because it has the same kind of like parallax the mode like, seven weird. get graphics yeah now. And it's the only time in the game, really, that you see that besides, like, the time warps and the Lavos fights. Uh, you see some of that. Um, but, yeah, this game, also the equipment, like, there was a lot of technology infusion. Like, all of Luca's stuff, like, mm-hmm. her guns were very tech-focused, you know. You had some natural stuff, but between Robo and Luca, like, there was a lot of technology going on um, that was just so far outside of what a lot of typical RPGs at the time did, or even after, like, because even lots of RPGs after that fell back into the fantasy stuff. Um, you know, and Square didn't even really go into modern stuff until, like, Final Fantasy VII was one of the first ones to really, like, have heavy-duty technology mech yeah. and robots. And I, th- and, I, and I can't help but think that Chrono Trigger influenced that a little bit just because of design-wise and some of the things that we see later on, you know, are definitely calling out to their older games for sure. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so did you have, what's, do you have a particular favorite time period that you always like to mm. go, or that you enjoyed the most? Um... <laughs> I'm not sure. Like it's it's tough. I I mean I think what I really love is Zeal. I think the City mm-hmm. in the Clouds is my favorite time period because of the narrative stuff that you get to experience. Everything we learn about Magus, everything we learn about why he's doing what he's doing and as those pieces fall into place. Like that that's some of my favorite moments take place in that area. It has some of the most ridiculous boss battles mm-hmm. as well in that area. Um you know, and it it has, you know, the great sacrifice happens after that section. You know, mm-hmm. I remember playing this game for the first time. And again, I guess spoilers for a very old game. Like you get summoned to Lavos by by trying to save Sheila. And then uh, Lavos is going to kill everybody. He's sucking everybody in. He's going to blow everybody up. And as Chrono, you can decide to sacrifice yourself. I mean, you pretty much have to. And so, you well, do, it's just, you get... it's the main, it's the anime protagonist putting himself in front. It's like, I'm going to kill you. But yeah. this time, nah, the, you get vaporized, my, my man. Yep. You get taken out trying to protect those that you love. And then the story continues. And like, I remember my mouth just being hanging, like hanging mm-hmm. open. Like, wait, wait, where's Chrono? No, 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 no. This can't be happening. I didn't want to do that. What's going on? Like, you know, for a brief period of time, you believe there's permadeath until, um, until, until you can bring him back, and you don't have to bring him back. There are plenty of endings that involve not bringing him back, mm-hmm. um, which was just super interesting because it's l- the only other RPG I can think of. Also, after that point, after you bring him back, he's not the required lead party member anymore. You can have any three people at a party together. Yeah, and. I can't think of another game to do that other than Final Fantasy VII. And I think when Cloud comes back, you still have to have him at, at the mm-hmm. leadership position, right? Yeah. And, like, it's only when Cloud is suffering from uh, Mako sickness um, that you can have a different party makeup. Did and you like, call that's... it... Question. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Mako. <laughs> did you only start calling it Mako after the remake? Yes. Like everybody else. No, nah, it's always going to be Mako. I don't care. Square Enix is wrong, but I'm sorry. I just had to. <laughs> I just fine. had to confirm if you were a rare person that called it Mako from the beginning. So I did not. They were Mako sharks. They were Mako <laughs> reactors. Yes. That's 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 my logic. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, but you know, it's funny. Of all the things that stand out to me the most, I think like from settings to combat to mechanics, I think for me because also partly because I'm a giant music nerd, is the music in this game 
has been and was like for a long time, unlike any other music I had heard in RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, my go-to favorite songs are, you mentioned earlier, Never Gonna Give You Up, a.k.a. Robo's theme, and, of course, Magus's theme. Magus's theme, the scene we read at the start of the episode, I love that scene so much because after that last line that I read uh, as Magus, the music kicks in. Like, you hear the hum, and then mm-hmm. it starts to pick up, and then it kicks into this full, like, flamenco thing that's just mind-blowing. And, like, I used to... In the old Super Nintendo days when you couldn't buy soundtracks or just stream anything online, I would just, like, sit in the battle menu and, like, toy around with the fight so I could hear the music longer. This Yeah, this game has some fantastic, fantastic music to it. Do you have a favorite song uh, that comes to mind or a favorite theme? I love the I mean, uh, Millennium Fair. The Millennium Fair is really good. So uplifting. Yeah, it's just... So, like, joyous. <clears throat> I mean, it's just, that's what I equate Chrono Trigger to, because you get woken up by your mom, you hit the Millennium uh, Millennium Fair, and, like, that upbeat, kind of cheery melody, it, like, that's Chrono Trigger to me. Like, when I think Chrono Trigger, that's kind of the, the soundtrack, the music that I hear and imagine. Um, For sure. I love how, even though this is, it's a, it's a rev, the th- kind of narrative of this game is rather dark i would say yes uh but it does such a great job mixing in comedic elements um especially i loved the first time you go into kind of the realm outside of time where the old man is and you learn magic by running around in circles this creature that like teaches you (laughs) magic it's like those cheery little elements (coughs) excuse me i just love like it's such a good balance i feel with yeah there's this giant bug that's gonna destroy the planet but hey run around this like rabbit mouse thing and you'll learn magic and how you have to do it every new character yep yeah i i love that mix like i mean like this is the first game to legitimately give me nightmares too. Like all, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I went back in time to Luca's house uh, when Luca was a kid, and you can you can save her. So her in the story, yeah. her mom is is paralyzed from the waist down because she had a horrible accident, and so she can't walk. Um, you go back in time, and when you encounter her, you can save her, you can stop her, but you have to put in the passcode that you can only learn by finding it in Luca's room at a separate point. But I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So the first time I got there, I just stood there and watched as this happens. And like, they sh- see her getting stuck in the conveyor belt and then going and then it cuts to black and you hear a scream. And like, I just remember that freaking me the hell mm-hmm. out. Or like when you first go after uh, Marley and you find her and then she disappears she's she i just played it before she's like i feel like i'm feeling torn apart chrono i feel like i'm dying she screams and disappears like really dark stuff like Mm -hmm. that and then but on the other hand like there's so much lighthearted stuff that you can do depending on the paths you choose too my favorite thing is to get magus in my party and then immediately go back to his castle which is no longer his castle it's now Ozzy's castle, his mm-hmm. his subordinate, his second in command, and like the hilarity of Ozzy trying to trick you and trap you, uh, like the whole thing yeah. is just a delight. Man, I for me what <coughs> always freaked me out was Lavos's scream. Oh yeah, the blood curdling yeah, scream. That yeah, that sound for being a Super Nintendo game with non realistic sounds just the horror that they can impart with eight bit or 16 bit tunes. It's, it's nuts. Well, yeah. Yeah. And the graphics too. I mean, the final form of Lavos, that weird, like moon man kind of looking thing. That's not even the focus form. They kind of trick you Mm -hmm. by it being just one of the orbs, but like that also is pretty creepy. Like I remember Mm -hmm. you talking in your episode with Nate about earthbound, like that final fight with them. What's his name? Gigas. Final boss. Gigas. Like, it's just graphics on a screen. Like, you can't even really see anything. But but the, between the music and everything else, it's really creepy. Mm-hmm. And the Super Nintendo did lots of things like that. 
Um, and, and Chrono Trigger was another one of those that had these scary moments. Like when you fight Dark Tyranno, like it's this giant dinosaur with this Mm -hmm. huge roar. Like it's terrifying looking. Yeah. Or the skeleton, the giant skeleton on the, the bridge. Uh, Zombor. Zombor. Yes. It's yeah. Beautiful sprite work also. Like this game looks good. Like the environments, the characters. Yeah, and, like, even in the characters, like, the battle animations, like, Mm -hmm. everyone is so emotive. Like, you always know, like, I always, whenever I think of Magus, I think of him pulling his glove, you know, or Mm -hmm. or, um, Frog flexing. Like, it's just so stand out, that sprite work, you know, they're so expressive. Yeah, and like you said, expression, expression, all the characters are so expressive. I love the the frog flex. The frog flex is great. (laughs) pretty good i can like hear robo's clang in my head Mm -hmm. as he like opens his chest like all of that stuff and like at that time a lot of video games weren't doing sprite work like that like you know final fantasy 6 has some expressive sprite work like kefka and a bunch of the other characters but some of them weren't at all some of the bosses were fairly static whereas there isn't a lot of static stuff here every boss moves has moving parts like none of them are like still images on a screen Mm -hmm. at all and like I think that's like when when Square really realized that they could do that kind of stuff. And then like even in the PlayStation and 3DS and DS versions, which are essentially the same more or less, though the DS one looks better um, and doesn't have the god awful load times. <laughs> that that too. Um, they added so much additional content um, as far as bonus dungeons and some other stuff that you can do, like that that none of it felt outside of what. Like, none of it felt like they were force-feeding stuff into the game mm-hmm. that didn't belong. And then the cutscenes drawn by Akira Toriyama are just, like, oh, chef's kiss. man. Beautiful. Like, the first time... And then, of course, the bonus cutscene, like, uh, to connect it to Chrono Cross of uh, Luca finding Kid, like, all, all of it... Like, even though I don't really love Chrono Cross, although I'll admit I haven't played Chrono Cross since it came out. And so... I was never going to love mm-hmm. that game because of how much I loved Chrono Trigger because it wasn't Chrono Trigger. I keep telling myself I'm going to get a copy of Chrono Cross and replay it and see if I like it more now as an adult. But at the time, I hated it. But that said, still going out of their way in this like re-release to uh, put in a cutscene that connects the two stories is pretty mm-hmm. neat. It's, um, well, speaking a bit on the added cutscenes, absolutely gorgeous anime cutscenes were added in the PlayStation version. But man, oh man, I love seeing Frog cut a mountain in half. Yes. Oh, that that whole scene. That's with awesome. The with the with the 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 Maz, the, Mazmin, uh, the frog theme playing. Yeah. Frog's theme also being one of my favorites. Oh, so good. Uh, it's so good. I spent so much time on OverclockedRemix.com just downloading Chrono Trigger remixes mm-hmm. because I love that soundtrack so much. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, what I what was awkward about the PlayStation and DS versions though is they didn't replace the in-game scenes with the cutscenes. They just had them mm-hmm. back to back, um, so you were watching the same scene twice. But that said, I could watch Frog cut a mountain in half multiple times with yeah. ease. And touching on Chrono's kind of sacrifice, I love the expression on his face when he realized he's about to go like he's all like super serious up until then and then lava yeah. shoots his laser and he's like oh fuck and then <laughs> yeah totally um and i'll have to send you photos but i actually have with me my chrono trigger double disc cd um or triple disc cd collection of the soundtrack it was a japanese import that i ordered online Ooh. back in the day um it's got the booklet it's got the three cds and uh, artwork by Akira Toriyama. It, I loved this thing. I used to just leave it in my CD changer. See, kids, back in the day when we had physical yeah. discs, people would play them on these things called CD players. It's true. And some of them had multiple slots for CDs. You could play multiple of them at once, these physical objects. It's true. And sometimes <laughs> there were portable ones that you had to cram into giant pockets in these like giant baggy pants we had. It was yes. all the rage. Not like the Walkmans you saw in Guardians of the Galaxy, kids. We're talking rounder. 
Um, but like, I loved the soundtrack and I, I played it to death all the time. Uh, just kept it on. In fact, th because it was a Japanese import, it didn't come with um, the song listing. So what I had to do was I had to go onto eBay where I bought the ear import and print mm -hmm. out the track listing. And so I'll take a photo of that <clears> too. So I know what each track is, uh, which is still inside as well. Uh, like this is how much of a nerd I was for this game and how much I'm surprised you just didn't listen to everything and then make your own <laughs> make my own names for the songs <laughs> yeah man I could have um, yeah this is one of those RPGs that um, every time I play it I can just re envision and predict and get absorbed mm -hmm. into everything it's why I'd be hesitant of a remake for this like I, yeah I, I won't get into spoilers on the remake, and I know that you're you're planning on doing an episode about it. Um, but like, I thought the voice casting was good for the remake. I thought yeah. they sounded like I expected. They weren't the same as Advent Children, um, but they were similar. It was the same kind of vibe. Um, that said, I've thought I've heard the Chrono Trigger characters in my head for so long, and mm -hmm. what I imagine their voice to be. Like I performed Magus, like how I imagine he sounds. That if they put voices to those characters, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know if, like, it would feel weird. Yeah. That said, if they just got the American uh, Dragon Ball Z cast to do a voiceover for Chrono Trigger, I feel like that would be a good fit. My brain would allow that. It would, like, it would feel right. <laughs> yeah. For me, I can't picture any of, like, the Square SNES-era RPGs remade with, like, Final Fantasy VII remake-era graphics. Like, I would love them more yeah. on, like, a Bravely Default or an Octopath style yes or just like really beautiful sprite work i i don't want them necessarily to do a full i don't want to go from 2d sprites to 3d like super high detailed 3d models i don't want that yeah. that doesn't interest me as much as <clears throat> doing more of a stylized thing kind of like your octopath or just make a really pretty sprite like really good sprite work something but I would rather have yeah. a third Chrono game myself as opposed to a remake of Trigger. M me too. I, I really, I feel like I gave Chrono Cross the short, short end of the stick because, again, it was never going to live up to my expectations. But I was also much pickier as, as a younger gentleman. I mean, I was the same dumb kid who didn't play Wind Waker and still hasn't played Wind Waker because at the time when it came out, I went, no, that game looks like it's for kids. I can't play that. I'm not a kid. I'm a grown man. Uh, yes, which I know I'm an idiot um, because it's one of the best Zeldas, and I'll get around to playing it at some point. I'm sure they'll eventually mm -hmm. release the HD remake on the Switch, like every other week. Here's game. hoping. But, <laughs> but that said, like I think that the Chrono Trigger series deserves a trilogy, and I would love for it to just be packaged somewhere or just mm -hmm. re-release on PlayStation, re-release Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross in like a two-pack on PlayStation. I mean, ideally, I'd want it on Switch, but like. Let's not get crazy. They were, you know, they had those versions on PlayStation, like at least re release yeah. it there. Um, because these are games that are shockingly hard to find now, too. Um, I'm so grateful to have at least two versions of it my own, but like trying to buy it on Super Nintendo now or even PlayStation, I think, is pretty pricey. Uh, I don't know if the PlayStation one's all that pricey. It may not be, but I know for sure the Super Nintendo one is, especially if you wanted inbox, like oh, yeah. friends who've sought for years after that. Oh, yeah. You can, uh, right now on Amazon, brand new Amazon Prime Final Fantasy Chronicles with Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy IV for 20 bucks. Okay, so that's not bad. Plus, I believe it's still on the PlayStation Network for PS3 and PSP. Huh. So I think you can still buy it digitally. Um the ones that are expensive are, of course, Super Nintendo, the English Super Nintendo one, and I believe the DS versions getting up there. Yeah, getting up there in price. Of, yeah, because not a lot of places carry that old version anymore. Especially like old DS games don't really mm -hmm. have the lasting staying power that older disc-based games do. Yeah, you can get it on for PS3, Vita, or PSP for ten bucks digitally. Still on oh, yeah. uh, PlayStation so. Network, so. Luckily, uh, you can still get it fairly easily. It's just on Nintendo platforms, you'll be you'll be paying a bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's usually the case with Nintendo yeah. platforms, anyway. True, truth. Um, yeah. 
such a good game. It's just such a classic. It really is. <clears throat> and, and, and I think what will make me always go back to it um, is the fact that there's so much customization and there's so much to do and so much mm-hmm. to find. I mean, uh, giving a game multiple endings and this many, because it's not like it's single digit endings. It's like yeah. 15 to 20 endings or something. Uh, I may be exaggerating a little, but like it's insane how many characters you get for an RPG of this scale and how many endings there are. And then Chrono Cross just blows that out of the water. I think there are less endings, but there are definitely twice as many, if not three times as many characters you can recruit. Mm-hmm. I love the the uh, double skills, how you can team up the team up attacks. So yep. good. The 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 triple attack, triple text, and the double text are some of my favorite things in RPG gaming. I love that some of them are tied to accessories that one of the three people has to be wearing, and mm-hmm. so for some of the triple text, you can't find them. Um, otherwise, double to other all the other double and triple texts are just learned by playing with those combinations, which is really cool. Um, one of my favorites, I think my favorites will favorite. Of them all will always be the, I think it's called, it's either X-Strike or 3D Strike. It's uh, Chrono, Frog, and um, Robo. And it's, uh, you know, it's crisscross with Chrono mm-hmm. and Frog. And then, uh, like, Robo Rocket lifts into it. Hell yeah. <coughs> so good. Who's your favorite character? Uh, probably Magus. Magus? I have a soft spot for Magus because I was an emo kid, and like it doesn't get emoer than Magus, poor little Janus. Oh yeah, out for revenge. Um, and also, he had the coolest theme and some of the coolest spells. Dark matter is still one, which I think that was the triple tech that you got with Magus is one of my favorites. It just looks so cool, and it's just a bunch of like polygons and star wipes, and it's mm-hmm. just it's awesome. What about you? Did you have a favorite frog? I was a frog guy. Oh, <clears throat> excellent. So so by picking a scene in which I wanted to read my favorite yeah. character, I also allowed you to read yours. That works yeah. out well. Uh, I love <laughs> the kind of story and how Frog's kind of backstory and history kind of gets filled in and, and kind of drip feed fed to you throughout the story. Yeah. Um, and how at towards the later part of the game, you can choose if you want as frog if you want to take your revenge on magus and have that yeah. like one-on-one fight it's and like we mentioned at the start the ending where he gets turned back into his human form glenn the swordsman yeah, um, yeah. it's just i love his story and it's it's just good it's really good it's really good how they're tied together and like some of one of one of the other moments that gave me nightmares is the first time you discover Cyrus's restless spirit as mm-hmm. uh, as the team. Like that freaked me out for a long time. Um, fun fact about me: I used to I go by Stormageddon on most platforms now because it was a nickname given to me that I've taken on as a moniker that I really like. But I used to all of my usernames in every video game until very recently used to be Cyrus with an extra S. So spelled the way it is in Chrono Trigger, but with an extra S. So C-Y-R-U-S-S and then the number 666. And that was always like, I took that name Mm -hmm. from Chrono Trigger. I liked the name Cyrus, but I was like, I don't want people to think I'm ripping off this game that everybody knows. So I'll add an S because I'm clever. There you Um, go. They'll never suspect a thing. They'll never suspect a thing. Um, but yeah, Frog's story is one of the more compelling narratives because he's such an honorable character. And like following, like even the hero medal story and like this kid who's the hero because he found the hero medal and doesn't really want to be the hero. Like all of those stories mm-hmm. have such heart. And even uh, him and Magus reconciling if you choose to bring Magus on your team. It's all, it's all writ- written so masterfully. I think one of my favorite narratives in the entire game though one of the small moments because this game has a lot of impactful small moments mm-hmm. is with fiona when you visit fiona and we you see the sunken desert for the first time that whole narrative where you decide to leave your party member robo in the past to help create this lush greenery that was never there and then for him it's 100 years or something or 50 mm-hmm. years and for you you just jumped to in the time machine and go ahead in time and find him and he's covered in weeds and like you have to you then Luca has to repair him and there's a cutscene but like that whole story 
that's not you're not fighting an evil villain i mean you do you go into the sunken desert and fight a monster but like after that the majority of that story is just doing good for the environment Mm -hmm. for this woman who cares for the environment and then doing it and it's like the small stories like that in this game that are so well written that i really love because the big stuff and the the sci-fi and the all you know the fantasy and the high art like Mm -hmm. all that stuff a lot of games do well, but I think what makes Chrono Trigger a strong game is that between the big story moments, there are also small story moments that are just yeah. as impactful. Completely agree. Completely agree. We aren't the only people that really love this game. So we are going around the web. First up from Reddit, we have user new type 1717. I think the greatest moment was during my first playthrough. When you arrive in 12,000 BC and it's snowy in the ice planet until you find some weird futuristic igloo and you beam up to the kingdom of Zeal floating in the sky. I remember just loving the music, atmosphere, creativity, and emotion it gave off. It gave off in me. It was a huge surprise. Just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The first time you <laughs> teleport to Zeal is pretty sweet. You're like, oh, wait, but we're in the, we're in the past, but we're in the future. But like, like it, it's the it's the first time to, like it gets really timey wimey, right? Mm-hmm. And you get to see this advances of civilization, even though it's not necessarily the future. Yeah. Next up, we have Jatmatic from Reddit as well. The boss battle with Magus in his castle, particularly the music, especially the first time against him. It's still my favorite original soundtrack, and nothing has captured how awesome and exciting that fight felt the first time, as Magus had been built up as the main villain for the most part of the game until that point. Past that, there were some particularly touching moments with Robo that I loved, too. Yeah, like, I mean, I said this earlier. Like That, that first fight, when, the, when you follow the flames up, to Magus, yeah, and you hear the chant, the weird like sixteen-bit uh, chanting as as you're leading up to it. Like it's it's rare that a lot of um, sprite-based games get cinematic back then, but that mm-hmm. was a very like filmed moment almost in sprite work. Oh yeah, Magus's castles was badass too, with like the <laughs> dragony gargoyle and his three henchmen were awesome yeah. like they oh, all yeah. had such cool fight scenes and and fight music and stuff yeah yeah super super good next up from reddit we have user jcmf the music specifically the courtroom scenes the music has this oh, yeah. dark and sinister feel to it like the whole thing is a sham then it changes as kroner is chained and taken to the dungeon then again when marley's father is on trial and she bursts through the stained glass revealing the Chancellor's scheme. And finally, the actual tears I shed when Marley and Chrono are reunited on the top of the mountain. Just hearing that lullaby brings me good feelings. Yeah. Yeah, so many cinematic moments this game had. Yeah. I forgot about the stained glass scene until you just mentioned it. Like, yeah, that's really cool and very action hero-y. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like when Chrono, like I love that depending on who's in your party when you com- when you bring Chrono back will determine who hugs him. And like if Marley's not there, then it's Luca, his oldest mm-hmm. friend. Like I, I love that kind of dynamic. And if, and if I, don't, I think if neither of them are there, Frog hugs him because Frog is the emotional mm-hmm. center of a lot of the, of a lot of the story as well. Like yeah. the game really knows how to use music and scene setting to really set emotional tolls that were hard to do back then. Yeah. They they did nail it, and I we didn't even touch on the courtroom scene. How how cool that was! I and how it referenced back to very non things you did in the first five minutes when you like when you bump into Marley at the beginning. Did you immediately go check on her? Or did you go uh, pick up her pen and that she dropped, or various things like that? I thought that was a really cool touch. Like things you do that it's like you you think nothing of later comes back and. They reference so. Yeah, I still remember eating the person's lunch at the fair, and just like Chrono, and then Marley laughs, and like Mm -hmm. later on, it become you be accused become accused of being a thief because you ate you picked up an item. That's like Mm -hmm. it totally went against RPG tropes. Then I loved that. Yeah. 
Um, our next uh, moment in time is from another Reddit user, Dark Crystal 1905 They say, the first shocking moment I remember was in 2300 AD, the moment when they find out that it's Earth in the future and the sad music sets in. I actually remember feeling my heart drop at that moment. Also, finally reaching zeal. The music, the aesthetics. It was so unexpected and strange at that point in the game. I literally had no idea where the plot was going, and I loved it. It brought the game... Um, blah, let me take that again. <laughs> it, it brought the game to a much grander scale. I had enjoyed it a lot up until then, and it cemented Chrono Trigger as one of my favorite games of all time. Also, small bonus scene. Glenn slicing a literal mountain in half while his theme plays in the background. Never ceases to be epic. Yeah, we talked about that one. I mean... It's a good scene. It, it really is. And I think <coughs> I think that's something that, you know, many people have mentioned aesthetics already. Like, yeah, it's, it's not just the graphics, the characters, mm -hmm. the music individually. It's the aesthetic they create together that makes this game so memorable because lots of other games you could remember a certain theme or a certain moment, but it's the combination of how these things are integrated that I think makes Chrono Trigger stand out beyond others. Yeah. <clears throat> they nailed it. They <coughs> absolutely nailed it. <coughs> and lastly, we have Princess Shayla from Reddit. I'd have to say everything up to Zeal because that's around the time I got emotional from the story and a fever hit my depressed immune system by the time I recruited Magus. I think the funny mo funniest moment is when I was looking at a game FAQ's walkthrough during that. I'd like to note that right from the beginning, I knew that Magus was recruitable because of an old chat program I used had Chrono Trigger party member icons, amongst thousands of others, and one was his portrait. Anyway, so I'm reading through the unfortunately spoiler-fic walkthrough, and I'm looking ahead to how to recruit him. Along the way, I'm like, oh gods, Magus has an older sister. And I imagine the gremlin of an old crone with blue hair and a hunch for the longest time. Lo and behold, I was caught off guard come that moment in the game. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. The, I, I think when that stuff starts to click into place, it reminds me of some of my favorite sci-fi shows like Doctor Who mm -hmm. or, uh, or, or uh, The X-Files. Like When those moments click into place, when you realize that Magus who's also the prophet, who is also Janice, like when when all of those things click together, it's just really, really masterful. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's it's such so good. It's just so good. <laughs> so good, Matt. Yeah, it's 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 it will always be my favorite game of all time. There are things that come close. Final Fantasy VII comes close. Mass Effect <laughs> 2 comes close. But I think what will always keep Trono Trigger above the rest mm -hmm. is that it has zero flaws. Those other games have it some flaws. It has one flaw. Oh, what's that? It ends. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but like every other game I've ever played that's on my favorites list, has a, I have a gripe with. Like there's a thing I don't like, mm -hmm. whatever that is. But Chrono Trigger has none as far as I'm concerned. From the music to the combat to the gameplay to the story moments, like all of it. I just, I love every single second of it. Yeah, it's really good. Thank you to everyone who sent in your memories and your fondest moments of this magical, magical game. I very much appreciate it. And we got sent a lot of other memories. So uh, in the show notes, be sure to check out the links to all the various subreddits that uh, have people have submitted their, their own memories to. And be sure to share your own. I read them and I always get a kick. So thank you again to everyone who sent in. Now let's say you've listened to us gush about this game and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'd really like to play it. Well, we are going to help you and let you know where you can get it. Now we touched upon this a little earlier, but <coughs> in, in terms of physical copies, you can get it either on the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, PlayStation, or Nintendo 3D, or the Nintendo DS, excuse me, and prices will vary. If you want a, <coughs> excuse me, 
Oh, if you want a Super Famicom copy and loose price, you're looking at about five bucks. It's not bad at all. Even complete in box prices of the Famicom version is only about seven bucks. And if you, depending on what platform you're playing it on, you might be able to apply a translation patch and be good to go. Uh, for the American uh, Super Nintendo, though, however, you're looking at just the cart by itself. You're looking at about $115 to $130 just for the cart. If you want complete in box, you're looking at upwards of like $350. And if you want brand new, if you can somehow find it, you're going to be looking to shell out probably closer to $900. It's ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah. For PlayStation, it's pretty cheap. You can still buy Like I mentioned earlier, you can still pick it up right now at time of recording, which is end of april 2020 on amazon for 20 bucks along with final fantasy 4 it's not my preferred copy because of the load times being kind of crazy but it is a cheap way to get it and you can also get it digitally on the psn and for your playstation 3 vita and psp um, ds copies will run you about 35 bucks just for the loose ds cart complete in box around 50 and brand new about 60 to 65 so it's uh and then it's also on uh android devices and iphone all sorts of stuff so it's a pretty easy game to play it's just it just depends on how you want to play it and on what yeah i would say the ideal way to play this is on the ds version it's identical to the playstation version except with much much faster load times um and honestly because it's on a smaller screen it looks it looks smoother as well it looks nicer um, I tried playing the PlayStation version, and on an HD TV, it's rough to mm-hmm. look at. Um, yeah. So that would be my ideal platform to play it on. Same as of now. Same. <clears throat> so let's say you theoretically got yourself a copy or downloaded this game, and you want some tips or advice to help you on your way. Well, Matt and I have you covered there too. So Matt, what advice would you give to brand new players? Uh, my first thing would say would be, you know, it's typical when playing new games to want to rush through it, to get through that game, move on to the next thing in your backlog. But if you've truly never played this before, you should take your time and explore. This game is meant to be searched and looked over. Check every house, every dresser, every rock. Literally, there are sparkles near rocks that make things happen. This g- game has so many hidden surprises and so many different endings that... I think the best way to enjoy it is to just take your time with it and let it wash over you. Don't run to the next area. Take your time. Fight every monster and look at every every corner of the map. Perfect. Perfect. And my advice to you would be, once you get more party members, be sure to swap characters in and out fairly regularly to try out the different combinations. Find out those double techs and triple tech skills. And because they can really, they're they're powerful techs. They're powerful, powerful techniques. And they can really help you out when the going gets tough. We are on to perhaps my favorite part of each episode: the monster and enemy of the week. Matt, what monster? Did you add to, uh, are you nominating for your monster of the week? My monster of the week is one of Magus's generals that you meet for the first time in his castle, whose name is Flea. Flea was one of my earliest sexual awakenings, right alongside with Cloud (laughs) and Address. But like, as a very openly queer bisexual, Flea is a character who is gender fluid. Um, he... You're, you refer to the character as he until he, he, they freak out and say, male, female, it doesn't matter. Uh, I really love that about that character. And also, the fight is just super fun. It's over the top. Uh, their dress flies into the air every time they cast a spell. Like, it's just really cool. And, like, the character is not necessarily sexual, but the character is definitely very, like, flamboyant and over the top in a way that didn't feel cliche for even that time uh i feel like maybe it was rooted in stereotype but for sure it doesn't feel like it even revisiting it 
and and the battle is just ridiculous and and goofy and and a lot of fun. Indeed, indeed. Well, <coughs> the stats for Flea, you'll find Flea in the Fire Fiend Lord's Keep in the Middle Ages. They'll have four four thousand one hundred and twenty health, a defense of one hundred fifty with magic defense of sixty. They'll give you five hundred experience when you vanquish them, ten TP, drop. 1,000 gold. Unfortunately, they're not weak to anything. They absorb nothing, and they're immune to nothing. Um, so you can hit them with different status effects, so look forward to that. And I just found this out. Matt, do you know what Flea's Japanese name is? <clears throat> I don't, actually. Mayone. It's a pun on mayonnaise. Flea is named mayonnaise in Japan. <laughs> that... For a game made by Akira Toriyama that feels so very in line with Dragon Ball Z and their yeah. character names after vegetables, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I kind of want to see what uh, the other ones are. Now it's Japanese, like, yeah, right? <laughs> what, like, what's... All, there must be a theme for all the generals. You would think. <laughs> it's like Ozzy? Ozzy's fort? <coughs> see. Notal, notable inhabitants. This is going off on a tangent folks <laughs> I don't know where this is gonna I don't know where this is gonna land um Japanese uh vinegar his name was vinegar amazing um and then slash funny enough in Japan they were all named after condiments and in the US version they were all named after rock guitarists Oh my god, I never made that connection until just Slash now. Slash Ozzy and Flea was based Flea. off Red Hot Chili Puppers bassists. Um, yep. uh, da, da, da. So... His name... Okay, guess Slash's name in Japan. It's a condiment. It's a Japanese... Ketchup. No. Soy sauce. No. So, oh, sa sure, of course. Soy That's sauce. Soy sauce. That's cool. So we have so mayonnaise, soy sauce, and vinegar as as the bosses in Japan. That's awesome. That's, I didn't know that's that. That's amazing. And until this very episode, I never made the connection that yeah. that Ozzy Osbourne, Flea, and Slash uh, were the n names for those characters. Like, I just I never made that connection. Yeah. And I'm a music nerd, and I was just completely blinded by it. That's amazing. There you go. RPG University. We're a university for a reason. Yes, because you teach things. <laughs> Damn straight. Damn straight. Well, that is going to do it for our episode on Chrono Trigger. Thank you so much for coming on, Matt. This was a lot of fun. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this, this, I've been hounding you since PAX East for, for this, which feels like a generation ago. Uh, but I thank you so much for letting me on the show. I love it so much. I listen to every new episode, and so I'm so stoked to be a part of it. Well, I'd love to have you on another. There's a lot of RPGs we can talk about, and I'd love to have you on again sometime to talk about another one of your favorite RPGs. But this was an absolute, absolute blast. It cheered me up, and now since I have so much time on my hands, I kind of want to replay Chrono Trigger. Right? Now is a good time Yeah. in a quarantine, if it's still a quarantine <laughs> by the time you hear this. Probably. Probably will be. <laughs> but yeah. where can people find you on the internet? Plug away. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> buckle in, listener. This is going to take like a half hour. But Stay we'll a while and listen. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'm the Deckard Kane of podcasts. I'll take it. Um, I know it's Deckard. Just roll with me. Uh, so, uh, the best place to find me is on Twitter, at uh, DJ underscore Stormageddon. Um, that's where I post everything that I do. But I also do a lot of Twitch streaming. You can find that at twitch.tv slash DJ underscore Stormageddon. I'm on most platforms under that handle. And then I have four podcasts that I host. Crash Chords, Autographs, Fun and Games, Reignite, and Screen Snark. I produce Creative Quarantine, which is hosted by the incredible Anjali Groshe, which is a live interview every day. Um, and then I produce the audio version that comes out the next day within 24 hours. Um, you can, like I said, if that all sounds like way too much to figure out, just go to 
go to my Twitter page. I have everything <clears throat> listed there. Um, for those listening to this, the one I want to push the hardest is Reignite. It is a uh, replay of the Mass Effect games uh, with me and my co-host MJ Bradley Lestrange. Um, we are playing Shepard as if we were the character and then discussing why we make the choices that we make, as well as talking about how the game has aged well and how the game hasn't. Um, we are just about, as of when we're recording, wrapping up uh, Season 2, which is the second game, and then we're going to move on to the third game, and we have plans to do Andromeda as well. So if you're an RPG fan, definitely <coughs> go check that out. Highly recommend all of his content. Matt is a great guy and produces some fantastic stuff. So be sure to check all that out that he just mentioned. So thank you. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you to those of you that listened to right here at the end. You've returned light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as each rating and review you leave will cause a leaf on the mantle tree to bloom, weakening Lavos and restoring the balance and helping save the world. Plus, I would just really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to talk about, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with what game you'd like us to talk about and if you would like to be a guest on RPG University. And until next time, everybody, thanks once again, Matt, for coming on. And stay safe, stay healthy, everybody. Class dismissed.